Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. For more than 30 years, Adam Flatow rose up the ranks of corporate America to become a highly successful regional director of digital advertising and marketing for a leading real estate information company. Then something happened. He found himself as the primary caregiver for his uncle Walter, who was released from the hospital into a rehab facility, and Adam needed to find the best living option for his uncle. Later, he had to go through similar processes with his mom and father-in-law, and each time Adam wished he had help in navigating these confusing, daunting tasks. This led to an unexpected but extraordinarily rewarding shift to a new career, ensuring that other families did not have to go through this process alone. In today's episode, Adam, now a certified senior advisor and owner of the Senior Care Authority franchise on Long Island, will talk about his mission guiding families through the challenging task of finding the best living and care solutions for their elderly loved ones. Adam is also a certified dementia practitioner, and he will describe how he has worked with over 500 families to get the answers and information they need so they can make educated decisions and establish a well-thought-out plan to help their loved ones. Now, when Adam is asked what he loves most about his work, he doesn't hesitate. Easy, he says. I love helping families, giving back to my community, and sleeping well at night. So now let's meet our guest, Adam Flatow. Adam, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me, Ron. Greatly appreciate it. Sure, terrific having you. So, yeah, as you as you heard in my intro, I, I mentioned a little bit about um, you know your career transition, which I found really interesting. Uh, and uh, so, perhaps we can just de- dive a little bit into that as we start. Uh, and uh, what was there a particular you know aha moment when you realized like, okay, wait a minute, this is nothing wrong with what I'm doing now. You know, I've done well, but I want to make a shift. And why did you do that? Um. I don't know if there was an aha moment, Ron. I think it was more of a aha period of time, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. my, my entire life, I've uh, been one to offer advice and and be a good listener and want to help those around me, whether they truly needed something dramatic or just needed a, the answer to a question, whatever it was. I, I always found joy out of that. Uh, corporate America was, as you say, it was very, very good to me. Um, I had an opportunity to help a lot of people that worked for me and that I worked with as well. That was great, but it wasn't necessarily a sense of reward on a daily basis of truly helping and and, and giving back to society, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I guess that aha period you know, s- starting quite frankly, uh, you know, as a teenager, just always helping helping folks. Um, but it really came to fruition when, as you say uh, in your intro, I, I started caring for my uncle Walter, um, which as anybody who is a caregiver for somebody that needs both physical or, and cognitive help it is a daunting task. Um, mm-hmm. So doing that and then uh parlaying that into simultaneously caring for my mom uh who unfortunately came down with lung cancer mm. uh, and was a uh, um you know 
doctor's appointments and and insurance ordeals and and trying to just figure out the best way for her to live the rest of her life. Um, and me not knowing anything at this point, what was going on, but that uh, combined with my uncle Walter, uh, as well as his twin brother, Seymour, who is uh, still uh, uh, still kicking and having a wonderful time at 99 years old, uh, living in an assisted living community here on Long Island. Uh, and then also helping out with my with my father-in-law, who unfortunately suffered uh, from Parkinson's disease, uh, impacting him both physically and cognitively. Trying to gather the answers and, and helping these individuals was tough. And I didn't know that there were places for me to go. You know, I was a 40 some odd uh, year old, uh, I'll call it kid, but uh, adult, of course. Uh, father of two with a beautiful wife, trying to figure out everything. And as I figured out little individual things and conveyed that to, to my loved ones and saw the smiles on their faces and the relief in their shoulders and, and their, you know, uh, their necks uh, just feeling a little bit better once they got some answers, I, I said to myself, there's got to be something out there that I can do to do this on a daily basis. And that's when I kind of started reach researching the, the senior care industry okay. and not too short after that. Um, I, or not too long after that, I guess I came across senior care authority as a, as a franchise option and thoroughly investigated it and haven't looked back. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. I love hearing these stories too, because I think that, you know, there are too many, Folks, as they're younger, think like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my career. And, you know, I think increasingly people change careers and there's nothing wrong with that. And you evolve as a person doesn't mean, and you gain knowledge. I'm sure a lot of what you did in your business career contributed to your your uh, running a franchise and learning how to do it and be organized and figuring that out. Um, and it's, as as you say, it's, and for folks probably know, I've mentioned before that I'm working on a caregiving navigator guide for family caregivers on Long Island. Um, and part of my mission is to really help people learn about people like you, because it's a really hard thing to do these things. Um, and every stage is different. And and you deal with a particularly, you know, um, you know, challenging transition. Um, so uh, so that's that's the the other piece of getting older. You know, there are lots of great aspects to it we live longer the longevity is great but then there are these challenging parts of it that we have to acknowledge and, and handle so um so you were also you know, so you're a senior certified senior advisor so tell people a little bit about what that means i know you get certification but what does that mean in terms of what you do oh sure um well being a certified senior advisor is a lot more than just a certification um it's a very extensive uh course. Uh, I think if I remember correctly from when I initially took the course, there's probably uh, six or seven encyclopedia-sized books to go through, uh, various trainings uh, on webinar, in person if you want. Uh, and it covers the gamut of working with seniors from a social perspective, uh, from a need perspective, just understanding without, of course, being a senior and being in their shoes, but trying to understand everything 
that they might be going through or potentially could go through. Uh, I use those skills every single day. Um, it, it, it goes hand in hand with my empathetic uh, nature. Uh, it has taught me how to best talk with the seniors and, and family members uh, who are ultimately my clients, of course. Um, and we cover everything from quality of life to financial issues and concerns, different living and care solutions, uh, different, and again, I am by no means a medical professional and never, never would offer any medical advice, but we also discuss uh, varying causes of dementia. We discuss arthritis. We discuss things that they're feeling. And again, not going through these things personally, at least, you know, not, not me, going through them, but yes, I did care for individuals afflicted with these uh, issues. Um, the course itself has proven to be extremely beneficial. Right. And one of the things that's uh, uh, interesting about it is that it's, it's, it is, it sort of mirrors earlier parts of life when you're, uh, you're caring for an older person as opposed to caring for young children, which is that, and I, it's not that long ago that I can I can still remember that uh, you know you start caring for your your young children and they're growing fast and all of a sudden you're like wait a minute that that was last week wait a minute that something's different and it's a constantly changing uh, scenario for and the same thing happens as we get older I think people think oh seniors but as you well know there's seniors in your 60s and there's seniors in your 70s and 80s and it it's also you know a moving uh, a, 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 a story for these folks and you have to deal with different things at different you think you get you you get set and one all right here here they are like no now they're here now they're mm -hmm. moving on so um so a lot of what you do is i guess in these transition periods and that's what i think families uh have trouble with you know trying to figure out amid everything else they're doing some of them are you know, are, you know, the sandwich generation. So they are still taking care of kids while they're trying to also take care of parents or other loved ones. Doesn't have to be parents, but um so tell talk to me a little bit about how you work with families. How does how does the relationship start with them? How do people find you and then how do you start working with them? Sure. Well I guess change and transition truly is the catalyst for I guess anything happening in life. Um, you know, if it's in business and somebody needs uh, to find a, a new way to sell a widget or whatever it might be, you know, that's a change or a transition and they need to figure out that methodology and how to best do it. Uh, well, in life, as, as you illustrated, you know, we, we start off uh, as little kids and we need a lot of help. Um, we grow up, we become adults, we start helping those you know, those kids that we were once were based upon experience and, and, and the world that we live in at that point. And if we're lucky enough to still have our parents and other uh, loved ones around with us at that time, well, we're probably going to start caring for them or at least helping them at some point. So uh, people tend to find me because they're going through that transition. It doesn't necessarily have to be the senior themselves. And more often than not, quite frankly, it, it is the adult children, those those helicopter children that are caring for both uh, 
their kids themselves and of course uh, their parents, they would typically find me because they're doing some research. Maybe they came across me online. Uh, I do have a nice web presence, or at least I try to. Um, maybe they're talking with uh, a home care agency to help out at home and that transition isn't uh, working out or they're thinking ahead as to what the next step might be. Maybe it's an elder care attorney, a doctor. Uh, maybe they had some issues with uh, their car and driving isn't the right thing for them to be doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, all of these things is what will happen in their lives and somehow they're going to find me. More often than not, when they do find me, uh, the first thing they say is, I wish I would have known about you two years ago. Just like with my own personal experience, I wish I would have known that there were businesses and people like myself, you know, 10 years ago when I was going through this. Um, so that's that's a very common first thing that uh, a family will say to me. Um, and then once they do find me and we start talking, uh, uh, I try and set up a personal meeting with them because I do meet with every family and every client that I work with, um, or at least I try to. Sometimes it's uh, maybe not at a point where we're ready to meet, but I'm just answering some questions on the phone, which I'm always happy to do and and do on a daily basis. But when it is when somebody does become a, a client, I meet with them. I get to understand their full capacity of everything that is in need. And we talk, we go over details and we're talking and meeting and going over these things, quite frankly, for hours. We're talking about personality. We're talking about care needs, finance, geography, all of the different ways that somebody can increase their quality of life um, as a senior by considering staying at home, going to an assisted living community, maybe a skilled nursing facility, adult day programs. There's so many things that are out there uh, that I try to customize specifically for those families. Yeah. I think, you know, whenever people are surveyed, you know, they would say, uh, how do you want to age? And they'll always say, or not always, but the 80 to 90% of people say, well, I want to age in place. And uh, I think both, both you and I are involved in the uh, National Aging in Place Council for Long Island. And mm-hmm. I think that we realize that aging in place is aging in the place you want to age in place with, you know. And exactly so, right. And so staying at home is one option. Uh, but at, at a certain point, um, you've got to think about a lot of variables that are shifting as you may become more uh, infirm or you may need some sort of help. So... I suppose at some point when you meet with the family that, that you've got to, or they've got to, you know, with you make a decision about, okay, what are the advantages of staying at home and what, and what are the disadvantages and what, what would make sense to make a transition that would improve the life of this person, um, your, your loved one. Um, so, so that's, that's the transition period. What, what are some of the things you point out to families to think about it, to, when they come to that point, what are the things they need to think about in terms of making that decision? Oh, uh, uh, sure. And thank you for asking that, Ron. And when somebody comes to that point, it's not a necessarily a realization that they're at that point. This is part of the conversation and it evolves. There, uh, there, there are families that I'm helping today that I first spoke with four years ago. 
and we maintained communication. And four years ago, it wasn't right for that family to consider maybe a move into an assisted living community. Um, but so, some of the things that families and, and caregivers need to keep an eye out for are falls at home. If it's no longer safe to be at home, um, isolation, lack of socialization, um, just a, a stagnant lifestyle is not conducive to being healthy. And there are plenty of options out there that can increase quality of life, uh, increase the safety of, the, of an individual, give respite and relaxation and quite frankly, peace of mind to the family that are caregiving, that are the caregivers for these seniors. So there's a number of different things. Usually, however, Ron, it is one specific thing that has transpired, uh, you know, maybe a fall and illness uh, or just an obvious isolation. And, and unfortunately, in many cases, it's dementia as well as that progresses. Yeah. Um so I'm going to continue along this. I, I want to talk, ask you about you know what sort of questions should they ask you and what are some of their major concerns. Um, but we need to actually take a short break. Uh, but folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, there's much more to talk about with Adam Flatow, certified senior advisor and the owner of the Senior Care Authority franchise on Long Island. So don't go anywhere. Lots more to talk about. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Adam Flatow, a certified senior advisor who guides families through the often overwhelming task of finding the best places for their elderly loved ones. So before the break, we were talking with Adam about, um, uh, you know, what people ask at these transitional periods, you know, what what questions they have, what concerns they have uh, for their loved ones as uh, and their loved ones together, usually as a, hopefully as a family. Uh, think about you know what what they're looking for in uh, an, another kind of community. Uh, so, what are the questions do they ask, and what are the things that perhaps uh, they should ask that they might not think about? Well, the, the questions are going to vary tremendously because um, each individual and each family is so incredibly unique, Ron. Um, but they usually start with what type of care is somebody going to get. Okay. Um, and the misnomer of assisted living communities, um, being nursing homes or skilled nursing facilities is all too common. Um, and many, many families, especially the seniors themselves are not necessarily familiar with assisted living communities. And all they really know are, are skilled nursing facilities or, or better known as nursing homes. Um, which, quite frankly, is a medical model, and they serve a wonderful purpose, uh, but they're very, very different than assisted living communities. So many of the questions are initially going to revolve around, well, mom or dad said, no way am I ever going to a nursing home. Not going to happen. Okay. Right. Um, And the then we start talking a little bit about the, the differences between assisted living communities, a social model and, and, and skilled nursing facilities, the medical model. And then the questions start coming out of, well, at what point does an assisted living community not properly, not be able to properly care for my loved one? And that's right. one of the most important questions. And if that's not asked, that's something that I absolutely divulge to to the families because it's extremely important, uh, especially in in light of what we were talking about before aging in place. These are these transitions and these moves are not something you want to do multiple times. If you can do it once and have it be a wonderful place, then that's fantastic. Um, So a lot of the questions are going to revolve around care limitations uh, and specific needs. Once we start talking about that, Ron, the questions then start going into, well, what's the what, what's the social aspect of a specific community? Because, right. for example, on Long Island, there's little over 100 different assisted living communities. And each one of them has somewhat of a different personality and would have a different resident population and different care capabilities and of course different costs and obviously different geographies locations and then if we were to extrapolate from that and look at this on a national basis and i know this is a a, a national show ron um it's extremely different from long island than it is from queens to new york city to st louis to chicago to los angeles 
all of these things are extremely, extremely different. And uh, luckily, Senior Care Authority has franchise locations in roughly 70 odd uh, spots throughout the country. So we can pretty much help anywhere. But it's important to understand that the nuances of each individual community. Um, and many times families lead with, well, my mom's friend, Mindy, is located at XYZ community. That's where my mom wants to go. And a community that's right for Mindy might not be right for your mom. So we have to go into specific details. And while the families will ask some questions, most of the questions, quite frankly, are coming from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I start talking about personality of the individual. Where are they from? Is religion important? What are their care needs? Um, are they social? Are they vibrant? Would they prefer to be in front of the TV? Or would they be? Pre- would they prefer to go to a a, a lecture? Um, you know, on astronomy, whatever it might be, because there's so such a wide variety of of offerings that assisted living communities uh, uh, offer to their residents. So as as I'm asking questions, that that tends to lead the family into asking some some questions. And they're almost always at some point we're going to talk about cost. Uh, Is it, you know, uh, is it affordable? How long can we afford this? What is the uh, how do they determine what the cost is? And the answer to that is uh, the specific community, the specific apartment size, you know, a studio, one bedroom, a two bedroom. Uh, and very important is the care needs associated with that individual. So the questions really run the gamut. Um, and we try in our discovery process of with families to cover everything. Right. And while we can, of course, go look at the community that Mindy is in, it's going to many times it is uh, with the prologue of this is not this is in all likelihood is not the right community for your mom, but let's go take a look. Right. I'm sure these discussions get pretty interesting too, is when you have adult children and the loved ones uh, could be, you know, a, a couple or one person uh, on, and they all should be involved in the conversation, but I'm sure you, you run into situations where the children might think this would be a good place for, for mom or dad. And the, the adults are like, elderly ones are not saying no that's not what i'm looking for (laughs) so absolutely um, you know so you're you it it is a little bit like i've conversations i've had with elder care attorneys like understanding who the client is and ultimately it's the person who's going to be in these uh communities and and you've got to basically make sure that their voice is there and they're not you know overshadowed but by their well-meaning children absolutely ron and First and foremost, safety is the number one concern, okay? Um, but w- w- with there being over 100 communities on Long Island, uh, and while I have the capacity and ability and, and, and relationships with just about all of them to work with them, I don't work with all of them. And sometimes I don't work with some because I'm not a fan of the way that they care for their residents, because not they're not all created equal. Uh, but once we get over the, 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 the safety aspect and the ability to properly care for their loved ones, 
um, we we need to then maintain a sense, and, and I don't want to say a sense, maintain dignity and independence of the senior. Right. You know, I can pick what I want for mom or dad, or I can suggest to mom or dad something that would be a good fit. Ultimately, however, Ron, the decision really should be mom or dad's. And that in itself uh, helps foster that dignity and independence that all good assisted living communities try and maintain. Right. And, and I think, as you uh, suggested earlier, part of it is figuring out, you know, sort of the journey in this facility and uh, hopefully not moving, you know, several times. But sure. what is the, um, you know, it, it, I know it's all over the map, but is there sort of an average stay that people are in these communities? I'm sure it could be long, but um, how long when people plan, should they look at, all right, how long do you think this um, relationship will last? Yeah, it's a great question, Ron. And historically, um, the stays have been roughly, two, the average stay in assisted living has been about two and a half years. Right. Um, from my experience what i am seeing these stays are getting to be a little bit longer okay um assisted living communities are learning they're doing better every day um they are their care capabilities for ones that are properly licensed have increased tremendously uh financial planning has allowed people to continue to find the dollars to continue to pay for for care and medical science is helping people live longer so what i'm seeing now i'm seeing average stays just over three years <clears throat> excuse me i have clients uh that have been in assisted living since i started my business almost five years ago uh every time i go into a community to tour it with a family or to do additional research so I can maintain my comfort level with that community. I meet families, uh, you know, some centurions that have been at that community for 10 or 12 years. So I, I hate to put an average on it, although everything from a statistical standpoint does have an average. I, I'd say right now we're at just over three years or right around there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you make a good point. You know, people always look, want to have some sense of numbers. But the reality is that uh, we are living longer. I think from from my experience that a lot of the communities that you work with are really working on um, maintaining activity. You know, they're working on, you know, promoting activity as opposed to just, you know, like, well, we'll park people here, you know. Oh, um, yeah. You know, so there's a lot more activity that I know. They're, they're, they're really focused on how to keep people vital and and educated and, you know, and, and find new experiences um, and I think that people also, you know, aren't aware of just how many different levels of service you could get in, in these communities. And then you should talk to people about what, you know, what, uh, kinds of enhanced services are available, right? Absolutely. Um, in, you know, and each state operates a little bit differently, but in New York state, there's, uh, varying licensures for assisted living communities. There's adult home enriched housing, uh, which are wonderful, wonderful communities, but they do have limitations as to care capabilities. And then after that, 
there's an enhanced license community and a, and a special needs enhanced license community. Those with enhanced licenses and special needs licenses, licensures can accommodate from a care perspective, their residents needs all the way up to and through hospice. Um, there are certain things that cannot be done uh, under Department of Health in, in New York regulations. You know, that in assisted living, you can't have a, a pick line or a, a vent. You can't be on a ventilator or a feeding tube. Um, but shy of that, there's not too much that an enhanced licensed assisted living community cannot do for their residents. And they're really, really good at it because they staff properly. They train their employees to be uh, compassionate and educated in all different types of medical needs and social needs. Um, they're going to have nursing on staff and they're, you know, they're going to have uh, doctors and specialists coming into the community on a regular basis to see uh, their residents. So the varying licensure is something very important to know. Most people starting their search for assisted living don't know that there are different levels of care available predicated on the licensure of a specific community. Yeah. So one of the issues that uh, you know came up during this unfortunate pandemic was um, the um, you know these places were shut down. I mean, there you know there were issues of of COVID and, and I think it was more severe in the nursing homes, uh, than assist, assisted living, but going forward, I mean, uh, what are some of the things that they're doing? Cause you mentioned safety and obviously there's some things about physical safety, but health, uh, health protocols and so forth. Um, have you seen any changes in the way, um, these communities have operating or, or thinking about, you know, potential, not necessarily a pandemic, but just, you know, I mean, whether it's a, you know, flu epidemic or something like that, how do, how do, how do we move forward? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's definitely some changes in the way that uh, these communities are operating. And when COVID hit, it was new to everyone. Okay. And right. we went kind of guardrail to guardrail, so to speak uh, from, you know, Oh, this isn't anything crazy. Let's it, it'll blow over to the other extreme guardrail of, all right, no visitors, no activities, let's let's just keep everybody safe. Um, and we wound up somewhere in the middle and the good assisted living communities made these modifications and these changes to the way that they did things very early on and limited, of course, the illness and, and, and potential death that, did happen, but, uh, you know, in communities, but you're right, not to the extent that it happened in skilled nursing facilities. Um, but they, they still were able to have socialization. They were still able to figure out ways to get exercise in. Um, they were still able to deliver meals to individuals' rooms as opposed to the communal beautiful dining rooms that the assisted livings have to offer. Um, and when we came out of the pandemic, a lot of this has been remembered and written down and yes, absolutely cut in stone now. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the biggest changes, quite frankly, is that under no circumstances, unless there is a Department of Health regulation change, okay, which I do not foresee, but you never know. 
but under no circumstances can a resident in an assisted living community not be seen in person by their loved ones. Every resident has the opportunity to designate at least two specific individuals that under all circumstances are able to come and visit. And that's a huge piece of this. And that, that isolation was was a tough part for a lot of the families and a lot of the residents of these communities. So, so that's something that the assisted living communities have adapted to. Um, and they fully understand how important socialization, communication, and seeing loved ones, as well as seeing their cohorts and friends in the community are. Uh, if somebody now is coming down with any illness, instead of isolating the entire community, that individual who is ill might be uh, isolated a little bit in their room. And isolated is not a, a, a pretty word, but they're, you know, they're kept, you know, away from others so they don't infect others, but they still get their meals in their room. They still have entertainment coming in and they still have socialization. Right. Yeah. So you hit on a, a, an important uh, change. And I think that a lot of that came out of the pandemic and a lot of, you know, there are my my show last week actually was people working on uh, this notion of essential caregivers and and making sure that there were changes. You know, I, I think there's some uh, there's legislation in Congress now that's looking at this issue about you know basically ensuring that you have just what you talked about. You know, the, the capability to have your loved ones see you. You know, because that was the thing, the toughest thing. Right, these folks were suffering from COVID and they no no one was there to see them. They couldn't see them. You know, yeah. In their darkest hour so that's a welcome change and i you know by no means done but certainly a, a you know a, a very good step forward um so uh speaking forward we're we are gonna have to take another short break uh but folks so we have a lot more to talk about in our last segment with adam flatow the owner of senior care authority on long island uh he's talking about uh how we find uh guidance for our families uh, and finding the best places that for their, their for them to live as they get older um so uh we have uh, a lot more to talk about in the last segment and uh don't go don't go away we'll be right back voice america is on linkedin connect with us today Every conversation we have with the people in our lives is part of a relationship with them. From coworkers and bosses, to spouses, kids, and parents, to your favorite cashier at the grocery store, the path a relationship takes can have many twists and turns. The Relationship Road Trip, hosted by Dr. Don Azevedo, is here to provide a roadmap for your relationships. The Relationship Road Trip, Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back to Hooks to 45 Forward. We're talking with Adam Flatow, the owner of the Senior Care Authority franchise on Long Island. Uh, so before the break, we were talking about a lot of different questions that families have for Adam and how he answers them and what things he asks them. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit more about just how you do your own research in terms of, you know, knowing the field, uh, how much time you spend actually visiting facilities, uh, talking with other professionals in the field. Um, so how do you how do you basically stay on top of things? Um, well, when I started my business. Uh, almost five years ago, the first six months of my business was spent on, on training and 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 uh, getting acclimated to this new industry and going through the uh, certified senior advisor program and and uh, spending a lot of time with my corporate ownership so they could best instruct me and and teach me uh, how to work with families. Um, but the hands-on part of those first six months was spent with me personally going to every single community on Long Island. I would go to every assisted living community. I would meet with their sales directors or com uh, directors of community relations or executive directors, the various positions in each different community. And I would spend uh, you know an hour, two hours in that community, walking around asking, a considerable amount of questions on every aspect of that community, looking at the residents there, hoping to see smiles, um, talking with residents to the best of my ability, uh, never want to infringe on their privacy or, or interfere with the operations of a community. But uh, my personality tends to gravitate towards the seniors and them towards me. So works out well. We have nice conversations and I find out what's going on in the community. Um, there's not one perfect community out there, Ron, for, for anyone, um, but there are ones that absolutely are better suited for certain individuals than others. Uh, so that's that's what I did for six months before I picked up a phone, before I sent an email and, and tried to meet anybody or generate any business, I needed to be up to speed with what's going on in all of these communities. As I started uh, working with other professionals in the business, uh, elder care attorneys, home care agencies, uh, social workers, um, assisted living professionals, um, and 
financial planners, and just about every every vertical in the industry. Um, I started talking with them, asking them their experiences, what their thoughts are on certain communities, and what what I found out quite quite quickly was they know assisted living exists, but they don't know the ins and outs of it. And they don't know the differences from one community to another. And that's fine. They shouldn't. That's not their jobs. Um, But getting to know these individuals and these professionals is uh, first and foremost, extremely enjoyable and educational, but an integral part of my business, because that's where I get a lot of my business from, uh, from referrals. Uh, and I, of course, in turn, would refer out to other professionals uh, based upon the needs of my clients. But as I'm meeting with families and we're going over what their specific needs are, uh, I ultimately take them on tours of the varying assisted living communities. Right. I personally do that every single time, 100% of the time, I'm going to tour the families that I work with. When I do that, uh, I know a lot of the answers to a lot of the questions that the families are going to have. And I'm, uh, and if I see that the families are not necessarily asking those questions, I'll throw up some lobs and, and, and ask the questions for them so they can get a good understanding of what that community has to offer. Um, that also allows me to revisit every community that I've already seen so many times. So I'm constantly in different assisted living communities throughout Long Island. And that's how I stay up to speed on, on what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Now, before we go on, I just want to clarify uh, in terms of um, uh, the fees. uh, So the, the families do not pay you, right? There's no fee to the families. It it depends upon what we're doing, Ron. Okay. Um, If everything that we've been talking about so far, you are correct. Assisted living placement, finding the right community, uh, spending hours and hours with the family during the discovery period and understanding what's important to them, uh, handling the logistics of seeing and touring assisted living communities and then accompanying them on the tours and um, going over what we've seen and, and you know, helping uh, families get the best possible um uh, deal at a specific community. All of that, you're correct, is no cost to the family because I get compensated by the assisted living communities. And like I said, I work with all of them. I have individual contracts with all of them. So it, it's not as if I'm not showing a, a, a community because they're not working with me. It's just I might not show a community because it's not right for that family. Right. Um But there are instances where I offer a considerable wide array of elder care consulting services. Uh, And if that's the case, then the family is given a proposal specific to what their needs are. Uh, And that aspect of my business, which is not a big piece of it, but it, uh, uh, it does exist. That part of the business is fee for service that the family pays. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of your senior advisor capacity with a broader spectrum of knowledge. So, um, right. And, and speaking of which, so let's talk a little bit about um, your involvement as a certified uh, dementia practitioner, because I think uh, that's something that people really need to know about um, n- not just the certification, but just the awareness of the issues. And uh, for many of us who have had uh, our, our loved ones uh, had 
gone through caregiving for them with dementia, um, it's tough, you know, and, and so um, your experience as a practitioner, but also in terms of your knowledge of facilities, because a lot of them, you know, there are a lot, a lot of them have uh, um, enriched facilities. So you, right. A lot of these places, yeah. uh, you need to look at what, what it is they offer for uh, uh, residents with dementia, because there are all sorts of options. There are, uh, without question, Ron. And and being a certified dementia practitioner is something that I'm very proud of. Um, wonderful course, wonderful study. Um, and the education is something that I use on a daily basis. You know, uh, again, not being a medical professional, um, but knowing how to talk with individuals suffering from dementia and caregivers, family members taking care of those that are suffering uh, from dementia or going through that journey is very important. And it's not something that is just inherent in somebody's day-to-day business and day-to-day life, okay? There does need to be levels of training involved. Um, And, you know, yes, there are a hundred and some odd assisted living communities on Long Island, roughly half of them will have a memory care neighborhood, so to speak, in that um, in that community. Again, different licensures of different communities, different care capabilities, different sizes, okay? There are some um, memory care neighborhoods in assisted living communities as small as 10 or 12 people. There are others that are exclusively memory care where we're talking about, you know, potentially up to or close to 100 residents. Those things are determined. What's going to be best for that family is going to be determined in that discovery period. And then as we go on and, and tour these communities, I am never going to know an individual as well as their caregivers and their family. Uh, so a lot of times the unfortunate piece of dementia sometimes is an inability to communicate clearly and coherently. So I rely a lot on the family and what they have to share with me. And that will help dictate the type of memory care community that we need to find within a really good assisted living community. Yeah. Um, And the few minutes we have left, I wanted to shift a little bit and and just talk a little bit about um, you know, now you've been running a franchise, and, and so this was a significant shift in, in your career. Um, n- not always so easy to make these transitions. So um, how did you learn to, to do this? And uh, I also noted in looking at your background, you've, you you do a lot of volunteering. You do a lot of giving back to other um, organizations. Um, and you also, uh, earlier on, uh, were a coach in many capacities. <laughs> so, you know, literally, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, uh, kids. So how have all these experiences, uh, how did they contribute to your um, understanding of how to do your business now? Communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the underlining piece to this. It's being a good listener um, and understanding to the best of my ability. It's, again, far from perfect, but to the best of my ability, understanding who it is that I'm talking with. When I was coaching youth sports, baseball, football, soccer, um, kids are different than adults. Okay. Uh, what is important to them is different than what's important to me. What gets through to them might be different than what gets through to an adult. 
Well, it's the same thing in owning a business um, and in working with seniors and families. What's important to them might not necessarily be exactly what's important to me, but all of the training and all of the education and the coaching uh, that I did many years ago for my kids and, and other youth sports uh, up up through running a, a, a large sales group with a, my, my, my former company was all about communication and understanding that everybody is different and everybody has something to say and they need to be heard. And I need to find ways to listen and be productive or productive as possible in trying to solve their problems. Yeah. The communication piece, I think you hit it on the head when you said, basically know your audience <laughs> that's what it's yeah. about yeah just, it is yeah yeah and was there any surprises that you uh, uh in the last minute or so we have uh that you didn't expect in running a franchise and making that kind of tradition from working for a large company to not only running your own business but as a franchise um i don't know if it was a real surprise but you know there was probably some things that were stuck in the back of my head mm -hmm. um uh that have really come out from a sense of, with a sense of reality, such as I'm running my own business. Yeah, I have the ability to take a day off. I have the ability to have fun and, and, and enjoy my family and my friends. But I'm seven days, 24 hours a day. Um, I, I don't know if I would call that a surprise, uh, but it's it, it's different. Um, being in charge of yourself, your life, your family, is very different than working for a company. Yeah. yeah. Very reward, very rewarding and would have it no other way, but different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you have to find a way to, to separate, you know, separate things out and create boundaries, but it's always there in the background and, but ultimately it's, it's a rewarding thing to do. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing it for yourself, but also for many of us in the field. So thank you, Ron. Sure. So, folks, there's, there's there's always a lot more we could talk about with Adam, but we'll have to leave it there for today. I want to thank him for a refreshing, honest conversation, uh, and it's which is a, an important thing to do these days um, uh, about these kinds of uh, subjects. So, um, uh, once again, uh, Adam, uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about you or your business? Sure. I appreciate that, Ron. My my website is www seniorcare-longisland.com. Mm -hmm. My email is adam at seniorcareauthority.com. And my cell phone, although I have a number of different uh, lines, I'd be happy to share my cell phone number. That's always the best way to get in touch with me is 516-695-5151. Great. And folks, I will put this information too uh, on um, my website, roelresources.com and click on the 45 forward tab and I'll have Adam's contact information there for you as well. So you can always look at it, get it there. Uh, so folks, uh, you can tell your friends to listen to my conversation with Adam uh, as a podcast if they missed it today. Um, and uh, uh, you can go to roelresources.com, click on the 45 forward tab and find it there or on voiceamerica.com. Uh, where there's an archive of my shows there. And you can listen to all my other shows as well. So be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, when I'll be talking with Jerry Wallace, the founder of the New York State Kinship Navigator, 
and he'll be talking about his long advocacy and support of millions of children who are raised by grandparents or other extended family members or and unrelated results adults. So until then, folks, keep moving forward. 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.